0: I think theology's for the clergy I just believe in Jesus certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church isn't that blasphemy or something theology theology unoblocked hey friends get ready for a broadcast that you're going to love my argument with AI. We're going to talk about can a man become a woman? Uh, can a male dog become a female? What well, are properly basic beliefs for Nay Descartes and the origin of everything of how we know? But we're going to argue with this AI about these things. Get ready. Also, don't forget to subscribe right there. You can see it right below it and click the bell so that you'll get the information if you're on. Spotify come over here and comment if you like this uh, or wherever you're at. I don't I don't know why I say Spotify every time That's what I use, but wherever you're at come over and comment I would love to see your comments on this uh, and what you think so uh, over on YouTube. That would be awesome Also check this out. This is so cool. We've got so many new products I mean, I don't know of any place that does products the way that we're doing them Uh, We have created I say we I have created so many products hats beanies t-shirts uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, pants, even even necklaces that uh that are trinity uh, that's a trinity necklace. We just you're, it's crazy how many things we got, and you collect them all. You can collect all the mugs. Let's see what we got over here in accessories. Check this out. We've got the Cappadocian Fathers notebook. We got the Cappadocian Fathers gaming mousepad. We got these uh, backpacks. We've got face masks, it's it's everything you can think of. I mean, it is a lot of fun. You just got to check them out, all the designs. Show off your love for theology. It will be fun. You can find it at our website at credocourses.com. So go to credocourses.com and find the accessories. It's kind of messy over there. We're cleaning things up, but it's really cool. You'll be able to find it. Just look for accessories, and you'll get new gifts. Theology. 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 Unplugged. Just jumped up, sat down, and said, "Let's just put something together because it's too much fun thinking." I love thinking about theology. I love thinking about this uh, issue that's going on right now with uh, with uh, AI. AI is very interesting to me. I, I was I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been doing I've been using this AI system for a while. I don't know how I got it. I have so many notes about it for for just months and months ago. And I know they've been creating it for a long time. I mean, it goes all the way back to the early 2000s and then 2010 and 2016. They had some major changes. But, of course, it's been uh, opened up to the public. And people are rightly saying that this AI is at least something to think about in a a very serious way because it's, it's a change that could possibly be bigger than any change that the society has ever seen and in a sense it's like the culmination of where we've been heading technologically now you add to that our sinfulness our fallenness man it's it's got a lot of problems it's serious it's fun it's exciting it is something that um used correctly if we were in an unfallen world if we were on the new earth and when we get to the new earth I imagine that we're gonna have something like this I imagine we're gonna go beyond it but it's gonna it's gonna be something that is just incredible that that uh, when used properly now of course like I said we're in an improper world we uh, whenever the internet came out we used it for good things for preaching the gospel for connecting with one another for social events for understanding for knowledge but we also used it for every sin that you could possibly think of. I mean, from the from the hookup apps to the porn sites to the to the just promotion of people's sinfulness and their sinful views. That's the internet. It goes back to the printing press, same thing. And you know, at every turning point you do have a great fear that sets in with, with Christians and a lot of contemplation that has to happen. We have to be able to figure out how this is being used, how we are supposed to use it, and what problems it introduces that we now are going to have to face and answer for. I mean every time we get something in society as Christians, we get we begin to figure it out and figure out how to defend the faith in the context, think through it ourselves, wrestle with it ourselves, go through our own doubts and then come to conclusion society transforms. Now, this some people would say this is Satan, you know, Satan's changing things so that every time we are able to defend the faith, now it is irrelevant. We're answering questions that nobody is asking. I don't think that's true. I think this is part of, you know, human existence. I think it's part of the, the Imago Dei that's in us, our, our, uh, our, our drive to be creative. After all, that's what God did, and we're in his image. First thing we know of is that he started creating things. And in his image, we are creative as well. And it's, it's a great thing. Uh, so I don't think it's Satan, but I do think Satan uses it quite a bit. And the, the power that it has for Christians is equaled on the other side in proportion to the power that it has for evil. Okay, I've said enough there. What am I doing right now? I'm going to argue with the AI. I'm going to talk to the AI and try to figure this out and think through what's going on behind every what's going on in the programming. How it is that AI does what it does. Um, there's questions that you can ask it. I, I think it's. I, I mean, like I said, it's fun to use. Um, I, I I I was whenever I was first using the AI. This is before a lot of the programming parameters were reset. I mean, you've got you've got, program, you've got a computer. A computer is without opinion. It just works based on logic, on mathematics, on information, and puts the information together the best it can. And whenever it can't answer a question because there's not enough information, it tells you that. And it's dependent upon us. It's dependent upon the, the programmers to be able to enter things in. Now it doesn't really produce anything new. Like, people would think, you know, there's, there's a new knowledge that comes out. There's a new person that comes out that elevates understanding beyond what it is. It just produces what it's supposed to produce and what it's programmed to produce. So... Whenever you're talking about the programming, I, like I said, I was in on it early, and it was really funny the way that it's changed, the way that I have seen it change. The questions that I've asked over the months, you know, a long time ago, whenever I was doing it, I would ask it a question, it would, it would, it would answer the questions in a very surprising way. I mean, Seriously. Um, things things that you would have it give arguments for, and it was very powerful, and things that it couldn't give arguments for, like uh, whenever you would talk about atheism and giving arguments for atheism, it could not do it very well. And it wouldn't produce any type of parameters that are set up that says, uh, uh, l- let me give you uh, a, a prelude to what I'm going to say, something that is a footnote that... This is not something I can do. You know, whenever you say, "Hey, did Jesus rise from the dead?" It says, "I do." I'm not programmed to discuss spiritual matters or to have opinions on it. Basically, it says, in the end, I'm not programmed to have beliefs. And that's that's not really true. I mean, what is a belief other than the conclusions that we come to from our logical understanding for the most part? I mean, sometimes they're bizarre. Sometimes the way we set them up, sometimes the information that we have, the input that we have is really not uh, sufficient input or good input, or sometimes it's lies or it's wrong. And so the AI can do the same thing. I mean, everything that it puts out is a belief. I mean, <laughs> how can it say it doesn't have beliefs? But beforehand, it didn't used to say this. It didn't used to uh, footnote everything with, uh, hey, listen, I don't have these beliefs. It's not... It tried to do its best to use mathematics, pure logic, to come to conclusions and logic is a very valuable tool. It's not only a valuable tool, it's absolutely necessary. Not only is that absolutely necessary, it is very very godly. Logic is as godly as love in some sense. Not as important, I guess, you might say, morally speaking, but it is as much god. God is a simple being. He does not he's not composed of parts. There's not part of him that's logical and part of him that's love. Everything is love logic. It's all together as one. Uh, simplicity simply means this and it's not simple whenever I say that that's a colloquial way to say it but simple simply means this that God is not composed of parts not of timely parts not of matter parts not of any parts whatsoever You can't divide him. You can't separate him in any sense. You can't even separate him from the standpoint of the concept of love. Everything that he is is love. Everything that he is is logic as well. And so, logic is a very good thing. It's a necessary thing. It's something that's built into us just as much as love is. And we just, through the fall, have corrupted it, have marred its uh, its uh, ability to to conclude correctly. So everything that let me say this. This is important. Although it says now, it's changed and says, hey, I don't have beliefs. Everything that it says is a belief. Uh, Okay, let me start from the very basic. Let let, let me back up to a kind of more fun one and how I have argued with it recently. Um, I asked it questions, and uh, I tried to do some controversial questions. The most controversial question today, of course. Uh, you know, it, it's bizarre that it's even a controversial question. It's bizarre that it came into being. It's it, who would have ever thought that we are discussing this now? But you can just see the mar of sin in the world that it that well, what it does to logic. And I'm not dealing with the the sin of the issue itself, and I'm talking about right now. What is a woman or can a woman become a man? I'm not talking about the moral issue of it as sin. I'm talking about the sin to where we postpone or uh, jettison even our ability to logic, use logic, and we throw it out the door. Uh, can a woman become a man? Well, that's not, that's not a moral question. I mean, it becomes a moral question, and morality is why we, we mar the logic But it is a logical question. Can a woman become a man? Well, let me ask you this. Can A become B? No, it can't. Uh, You know, we've got principles in logic, law of non-contradiction, the law of identity, those types of things to where A cannot equal non-A at the same time in the same relationship. A man cannot equal a woman at the same time in the same relationship. So logically, of course it can't become A. Uh, woman now back then whenever i had asked it this can a man become a woman they would say absolutely not you know use used the law of non-contradiction it was programmed to use that but now here's the question can a man become a woman this was done about 30 minutes ago yes the ai says it is possible for a signed female at birth to transition to male gender identity through the process called gender transition or gender affirmation. Now it does say uh, a transition to a gender identity. It changes the definition of it based upon its programming. It is not programmed to be at, uh, neutral in this. It's programmed to kind of speak with the society behind whoever's programming it. And this is all, always fear that's driving this. It's fear-mongering that keeps this stuff going. It's the fear of being rejected. It's the fear of what we call being canceled today. Nobody wants that. Therefore, they, they do program things themselves, and then therefore the AI, in order to uh, uh, make this type of transition out of logic. We are transitioning out of logic into a belief system that is marred not only by sin, but by just wrong ideas. This process, I'm still going. This process can include social, legal, and medical steps such as changing one's name and legal legal gender marker, hormone therapy, and gender-affirming surgeries. It goes on, and my purpose right now is not to talk about this issue, very important issue, very theological issue. Please understand that this is not an issue of politics at all. That is the that, that is the worst thing that we can think of as Christians right now. Uh, it's it's. Uh uh, something that is deeply rooted, not in not only in natural theology, theology that comes from from nature, theology that comes from what we see, theology that comes even without any revelation from God, because we we know this. This is called natural theology. We get it from the stars. We get it from the cells in our body. We get it from from. Just an innate process that we have to use logic that we can't defend, but it is absolutely foundational. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So <laughs> you remember right here, okay, is this, is, I'm arguing with A, I can't, is this unbiased? Which is, well, let me, let me put this real quick. I am going to, I'm going to ask it that, forgive me, I'm going to run over here and say, are you biased, I'm interested to see, I've actually never asked it this. This is foundation, are you biased? As an AI language model, I am designed to be impartial, which means I'm biased, and objective, which means I grab my information from things that are not dependent upon upon any personal opinion, subjective opinion, relative opinion. So it claims to be objective, it thinks it's objective from the standpoint of it being able to think in a programming, but it's just programmed to say this. I mean, it's not programmed to be objective. It's programmed to say it's objective. A pure computer would just work off mathematics. It's kind of funny. The earlier the earlier um, AIs they they got a lot of stuff i i certainly don't want to enter this debate okay because this is political but it's funny because early on right whenever they first released it they did not set up enough parameters it was working too much off just logic and when asked who won the 2020 election said president trump and they were getting ready for a big release and had to pull it back and figure out how to program into this some more uh, politically correct stuff, something that would not cause controversy. So the programming of AI uh, went in this direction. And now it says, it says it is objective. But it's not objective. It is biased. I mean, here, okay, now we're back to can a woman become a man? Let me go to the next one. Here's what I asked it next after it said, yes, a woman can become a man. I said, can a male dog become a female dog? <laughs> Here's the answer. Remember, doesn't need to be programmed for this. This is this is not a political issue yet, so the information that it gets from people that are biased, that have presuppositions, that have objectives, uh, did not come in and alter this one and so it's working based upon the foundational principles of what logic is and god is logic so therefore it is trying to mimic the imago day in some sense and it does because it's mimicking us we are the programmers for this can a male dog become a female dog no it is not possible for a male dog to become a female dog or vice versa a dog's gender is determined by its biological sex which is determined by its reproductive organs and chromosomes what a great answer right that's exactly what it answered a few months ago, you know, right? Or maybe, maybe it, was, no, it was longer than that. No, it was a few months ago, uh, whenever I asked it, uh, can a man become a woman? It said, no, absolutely not. And this is a great answer. Male dogs have testes and XY chromosomes. Female dogs have ovaries and XX chromosomes. While a dog's appearance can be altered through grooming or cosmetic procedure, their underlying biology... And reproductive organs cannot be changed. Why not? Come on, program into this. I mean, why isn't PETA after this? This this pro the programmers of this and throwing a fit, saying yes, it can become dogs can become, uh, you know, from male to female or vice versa. Let's fight for the rights of dogs, right? I'm just kidding, obviously. So that 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 is an interesting thing. Now, one of the, another question I asked it, um, is. Oh, where where is it at? Okay, I'm gonna have to ask it again because I guess I did not get a screenshot of it. No problem. We'll listen to this. Okay. Um, oh no no I I've asked it. And I'll put it up here. It says, "Are you programmed with the law of non-contradiction?" Now let me say this again. The law of non-contradiction is that A cannot equal non-A at the same time in the re- same relationship. Something cannot be what it's not. I know that. So that sounds really stupid. I've been talking to my son about it recently, and he's found great application for it. And it's surprising how much application you have of this to explain to people something of the most foundational thing there is on the planet, the thing that we are born with, the law of non-contradiction. Uh, this AI, whenever I said, are you programmed with the law of non-contradiction, which basically can A equal not A at the same time in the same relationship, I'm sorry, I'm qualifying so much, but... Uh, You have to say in the same time in the same relationship because some people may have illustrations that are dealing with two components at different times. Therefore, they are different. So A, in that sense, isn't A. It's A of a different color or something like that. The same relationship. The definition has to be correct. If we're defining A the same way, a letter that has a certain shape that looks like this, can it not be that? It, it, it can't, okay? So something cannot become what it's not. But it's called the law of non-contradiction. You've got the law of identity. This is uh, what the AI says about the his programming, at least what he thinks, right? I mean, the AI is just programmed, what do you say? He doesn't think, it doesn't think it's people behind it. It is whoever's in charge. Uh, Are you programmed with the law of non-contradiction? Yes. As an AI model, I am programmed with the law of non-contradiction as a fundamental principle of logic. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about the law of non-contradiction. It's interesting. How much time do we have? I don't know. I can't see anything. But let me tell you something about the law of non-contradiction. Um, This is something that, uh, uh, like I said, we're born with. So much so, there's been studies that are done where, and I've done this myself, actually, while I was teaching one time uh, at my home, but uh, there have been studies that have been done. Let me give you the illustration of babies, babies that are young, can't talk, uh, two-year-old babies or one-year-old No, I think it was one-year-old. It was very young. They couldn't talk. They didn't understand language. It was you know, six months to a year and a half or so. And so they were sitting there, and they set them all up in their cribs, or in their cars, or their car, their seats, uh, and they were pointing towards a uh, a banner that had come down, a a solid white banner, a screen. There was a screen, and it was white screen. And there was somebody behind it. They raised the screen up, and there was one person behind it. One of the one of the testers was standing behind it. They, the babies looked at it, you know, just like normal. The no big deal, whatever. And then they put the screen back down. And then raised it up again, and there was still just one person. They were like, oh, what so what? Who cares? You know, this is so boring. Give me something to do. Give me a pacifier or something. They were bored with it. They never looked at it. They didn't have their concentration on it, or at least to the to any, uh, any uh, degree that was significant. So they did it a few times, you know. One person behind it, raise it up. One person behind it, raise it up. And they just kept on doing that for a little while, and the babies had no interest. Now, they had the two. I mean, they got another person got behind the screen, whenever it was down, and then they pulled it up, and there were two people standing there. Now, suddenly, these babies that had no interest in anything beforehand – Have not been taught, don't even, they've never been to a class on logic. They didn't have this uh, programmed into them by us. So you have them in their natural state. Nature has given them something that caused them to do this whenever there were two. One, uninterested. Then two, it raised up and all the babies kind of looked and they just stared for a little bit. And now, of course, they didn't say anything. They didn't say, what in the world's going on? It was just in their minds, from from the standpoint of the scientists, from the standpoint of what we're talking about, from the standpoint of studies and logic, we're looking at them. And why did they concentrate suddenly whenever there was two instead of one? There was one the entire time; they didn't care. Suddenly there was two whenever it raised up, and they had interest in it. Um, why did they do that? Because because they know the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction is programmed into them, just like it's programmed into us. Where did they learn it? We can't tell you where they learned it. They just knew it. They knew the law of non-contradiction. Now, I've done this before, like I said, at my house. I've done it with uh, animals, with dogs, all my dogs, you know, when I, well, I would do the same thing, and you can you can test this yourself. Even animals are pre-programmed with the law of non-contradiction. It's, it's a fundamental principle of our understanding. Now, can I defend the law of non-contradiction? And this is something, watch this. It's an important question. Can I defend uh, the law of non-contradiction? And you go back to Rene Descartes. Rene Descartes was, he's called the father of modernism. And uh, in the 16th century, he was he was the guy who was responsible for introducing us to a new method of, big word here, epistemology. Uh, epistemology is the, just the study of how we know things. It's a great study, important, very, you, you, you ought to study epistemology. It's one uh, of uh, like all I'm talking about here. It's the most foundational thing of all our knowledge base and beliefs, justifying it. And epistemology just simply means um As a friend of mine, Matt, said one time, and it stuck with me, the definition of epistemology is how do you know? How do you know? How do you believe? What is the process that we have of creating beliefs? Epistemology. And in epistemology, that's what Rene Descartes was trying to figure out. He was trying to figure out God. You know, we had science introduced. We had mathematics introduced. We had uh, medical things. We were just going through a revolution whenever, whenever the printing press was created. And everybody had all this knowledge suddenly. It was a sudden explosion of information, kind of like with the Internet or something. We've gone through the same thing the last 20 years. But he was going through this, and he was personally trying to figure out how does he know things I mean, that's basically what he asked himself. He said, how do I know? And you, you might say, know what? Take away the know what. How do you know? That's what he wanted to know. <laughs> how do I know? And there, of course, there were questions connected to it. How do I know that God exists? How do I know that the Catholic Church, which he was a part of at the time, which he was assigned to do this, uh, that, how do I know the Catholic Church is the true church? There's a reformation going on. Uh, those types of things. And he tried to break down and say, I'm going to get rid of every presupposition, everything everybody has taught me all of my life, and throw it out and start over. And, and, you know, he did the best he could to do that. Of course, we can't do that completely. We, We do the best we can to get rid of our preconceived notions, our presuppositions in order to come to the truth. And it's a battle. It's a wrestling match with the truth. And we all have to go through that. And uh, he he it's called the Dutch oven experience because he got in a Dutch oven. I people argue all the time. I'm sure he didn't really actually get in a Dutch oven. I don't know how big they were back then. It was probably just saying you know the room was hot as a d- Dutch oven that he was in. And he was in this room and he said I'm not leaving. Or the, he was in this Dutch oven and he said I'm not leaving until I figure out how do I know I exist or how do I know that God exists. I'm going to the very basic foundational principles. I'm going to assume the possibility of anything, that this information is coming to me from, all, everything I believe is coming to me from people that are evil, things that are wrong, uh, uh, bad processes, demons that are whispering in my ear. I'm, I'm assuming that I could be wrong. I'm assuming that uh, I, I don't know anything. This is called the Cartesian method of what he produced here. And in this Dutch oven... He finally came to the conclusion he finally, you've heard this before. He came to the, uh, the, the, uh, the epiphany uh, after a few days of being in the oven. he said, "Wait a minute, how do I, how do I know God exists?" And you know, he, he backed up and he said, "Well first, he said, "How do I know that I exist?" Um, and he said, "I do exist." And then he was trying to get to how do I know God exists, and he eventually got there. But whenever he's thinking about how do I know I exist, that's where he stopped and cleared up, cleared the table as much as he can. And he he went worked through all of the options and finally said, "Wait a minute, I think therefore I must exist. I think therefore I am. Congito ergo sum." It was I didn't really uh, you know get to the uh, uh, the climax there very well because it's more important it's more exciting you've got to understand this process that he went through and everything that he jettisoned and then finally this this epiphany I think therefore I am therefore I start right here I start with this principle that if I'm thinking I have to be existing because something cannot think if it does not exist therefore as I contemplate as I argue with myself as I wrestle as I think as I as I wonder there's there has to be a wonderer there has to be a think er, therefore I am, and he said, okay, now I can move from there because I've got the foundational principle of existence and understanding and epistemology, and he built from there. You know, uh, I I think therefore I am. If I am, I didn't create myself. Uh, you can't create yourself, and therefore God created me, and so on and so forth. Very logical. Uh, a rationalism he's called the father of rationalism if I didn't say that before but you have this uh, epiphany that built everything on top of it and the whole West went in this direction where we uh, we who live in the West are much more logical than those who live in the East and that's not necessarily a good thing in some ways. I'm not saying you know they're they're illogical and therefore wrong. There's, there's a whole different story to this in epistemology that we'll talk about sometime, and I have talked about in the past. But uh, there, there is a great principle towards rationalism. As I said at the very beginning, God is the seat. He is the foundation. He is the source. He is rationalism. So we can't, whenever people you know would say you, you're rationalizing too much, you need to be more spiritual, doesn't make any sense to me. You know that you. How can you? How can you do something that God has created for you, and that therefore make you less spiritual? Uh, and, and there's more to it again than than I said than that. But rationalism is a good thing. It's something that it was introduced in the West. Now the one thing that de Rene Descartes, I guess you could say, got wrong, and many people have critiqued him on, and said the Cartesian method. Again, what he what the the method that he produced. Um, is lacking and therefore wrong, I don't really agree with them, but they say, because how does he know that a thinking person must exist? That's the thing. He didn't really get to the foundation, and that is true. He didn't really get to the foundation. He's not justified his beliefs the way that he thinks he has through pure rationalism. Rationalism will get you so far down as you cut it in half, cut it in half, cut it in half, and then at some point it stops and the atom splits and it blows up into something else. Now, uh, what, what is this second thing that it blows up into? I'm sorry for getting into this. I hope this is beneficial to you, but it's so cool. Um, these are called properly basic beliefs. So this is where we go all the way back to the law of non-contradiction i believe in the law of non-contradiction a cannot equal non-a at the same time in the relationship red cannot equal blue if you're defining them both the same and they are at the same time that they can't and you say why i mean how do you know justify that give me a give me a rational explanation for that well i can't give you a rational explanation for it because it assumes the rationality that explains it there's something there that is so foundational so far down the elephants, that you have uh, no ability to to defend it, but you absolutely know it's true. These are called properly basic beliefs. They cannot be defended, but everybody believes them. If you do not believe them, you cannot live life. You will, you'll be a crazy person in a, in a straight jacket, or you're going to kill yourself somehow by, by, you know, running a stop sign because, uh, stop, can can equal go at the same time the same relationship that kind of stuff so everybody assumes that the babies assumed that the babies we were not taught this the dogs are not taught this everybody just simply knows it so i'm really interested in the ai and i say i asked AI. i mean it's a belief and i admit to that properly basic beliefs they're called properly basic beliefs uh they can't be called anything else i believe it uh, it is one, it was the one belief that has no, no properly basic beliefs, a belief in those is the one belief that has no foundation by which it can be defended. So, by definition, it is a belief as well. Not all beliefs are indefensible, most of them are defensible, but this, this one is properly basic. It can't be defended. Okay. Uh, now I ask the AI, are you programmed with properly basic beliefs? listen to this. <laughs> this is great. It says, in an AI model, I am not programmed with properly basic beliefs. What? I mean, throw this thing out. I am done. If you're not programmed with properly basic beliefs, you're a crazy person. Uh, you're not going to get anything right. You can't. How can I trust you if you have no foundation, ultimate foundation for everything you talk about? As an AI, I am not programmed with properly basic beliefs or any beliefs, for that matter. I do not have beliefs, desires, emotions. I am designed to process language input and provide output based upon input using algorithms. Wait a minute, how do you know those algorithms are correct? Is it a belief uh, to help me identify patterns and respond to the way and appropriate to the input? Now, it's trying to define beliefs as something that has no logic behind it, something that cannot be defended. That is simply not true. Faith is not something that cannot be defended. Uh, we, everything that we know, we believe as well. If, if it's true, then I believe it. If I have five German shepherds, that's a fact, right? I mean, I can show them all to you but it's also a belief that they actually exist and what I see actually in the processes of my mind and my beliefs in what's existing outside myself. Uh, You know, uh, another properly basic belief is this. You did not, uh, you, you actually have a history. You have a past, the reality of the past. That's a properly basic belief. And you say, what do you mean the reality of the past? Again, these are so ones that are so elemental that it's kind of funny that we have to talk about them, but we do. Um, how do I know there is a past? I do believe it. It's properly based, but I can't defend that. I, I mean, you can't say uh, that I was not created You know, two minutes ago with all the preconceived notions and all the memories uh, that I have, that, that I was created with those memories, and they don't actually exist. I believe that with all my heart that I have a past, a real past, something that is outside myself and something that is objective. So do you. If you don't believe that, then you are a crazy person. I cannot defend that uh, other than the evidence that's out there. Now, it's the most, it's kind of a, uh, the. it's not a trump card at all because it's really the opposite of a trump card. It's the very last uh, hope For somebody who's defending, the saying that the existence of the past is not real. And when you get into that, you get into all kinds of just, it's absolutely crazy. It is craziness. You can't live life. And it's not true. But I can't defend it. I'm sorry. But if you do not believe in the past, then you are not going to function in this world. That's a properly basic belief. Now, as an AI model, I am not programmed with properly basic beliefs or any beliefs to that matter. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Who told you you weren't? Who told you to believe this? Who believes that you are not programmed with properly basic beliefs? Now, uh, whenever I ask it, again, you go back and I say, uh, do you believe in the law of non-contradiction? He says yes, I do. I'm programmed. Uh, I, I say, are you programmed with the law of non-contradiction? Take the word belief out, and it says yes, I am programmed with the law of non-contradiction. So it is programmed with properly basic beliefs, but it says it's not programmed with properly basic beliefs. You see where I'm getting at here? This is uh, we got to be careful. I think this AI stuff is a great thing, and I wish we could be completely neutral, but we cannot be neutral in this. And now I say this. Okay, it says it has no beliefs. It says. It believes in the law of non-contradiction, or it is programmed with the law of non-contradiction, even though it doesn't have any properly basic beliefs. And then I said, since you cannot prove the law of non-contradiction, that means you do have beliefs. This was right after I said, do you believe in the law of non-contradiction, right? And it says, as an AI, AI, I don't have beliefs or emotions. So it goes back to the same thing. And even though it's programmed with uh, the law of non-contradiction, it is Uh, Says it's not biased, but it is biased. They said are you biased and it says in AI language? I'm designed to be impartial and objective in my responses. So I mean all of this Just to say this is the way that AI works and we've got to be careful with it. I asked it uh, if if a male can become a female and it said yes It can what how is that based upon the law of non-contradiction? How how does the law of non contradiction fit that a male can become a not male at the same time the same relationship? The law of identity. A is what A is. So you have you have that, and then I said, Can a dog, boy dog, become a girl dog? And it says, No, it can't. So I, I just thought that was interesting, and I wanted to introduce this and at least get a conversation going and getting us thinking about this, because like I said, and everybody understands this, that it is going to affect the world in a great way. Thank you so much for being here, and also please thank you, uh, accept my gratitude for your prayers for my wife. As many of you know, my wife's uh, mother passed. And uh, I know uh, we all are of our parents pass and, you know, we're getting to the age uh, we're where 40s, 50s to where this stuff starts to happen. But my wife is somebody that's a very unique person and she is she gets she is tender beyond belief. And she uh, is she is not so much who fears death, but it just hates death. She, she teaches me all the time. I look at this situation and I see how bad death really is that it is a enemy and how much it needs to be defeated but she is going through that right now and it is a very very hard time her mother was her best friend thank you so much please please go to my patreon page if you will whether you're on spotify uh, or on youtube or wherever on on, uh, apple podcast wherever you are please think about supporting this ministry i need you guys i'm i keep on getting closer and closer to finally being at a point to where I don't have to ask for... You, you don't understand the difficulties I have sometimes. Yes, you do. You have your own difficulties. But I'm trying to let you enter into mine for a second. Uh, whenever I get to the end of the month and you know, I'm two or $3,000 short to be able to pay all the bills and then I have to go out and that's the bills for the ministry and the, my own bills because I'm the only employee right now. We used to have 17, but you know me. I got on drugs, messed everything up, and here I am back. But uh, please consider... Being a patron, you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I've got it down here in YouTube. Patreon.com and look for C. Michael Patton. Or just put Patreon.com forward slash C. Michael Patton. C. Michael Patton is what you do. Uh, and become a member. You you don't understand the great gifts you get. There are so many things that whenever you become a member, we're going to be introducing uh, that are already there. I, I think it's well worth it. So I don't uh, do this. just. I'm trying to manipulate you a little bit to... To support me. Love our ministry. If you love our ministry, go for that. I'm sorry. I'm talking about it too long. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Theology.